Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. hit the ground running then dude because i believe you've got one straight after me haven't you yeah chatting away um i guess uh carry the fire your brand new podcast mm-hmm. i'd like to talk to you about that first sure. of all it's fairly new right i checked the other day and there's like five five episodes in yeah five episodes in as we talk what was the uh the genesis for that podcast as a you know an outlet for your creative thoughts and yeah it i don't remember where the idea first came from but i uh, once it kind of solidified, it just stuck in my head and I ended up realizing I had to do it or it was just going to bug me. Um, but I just, not I, many musicians do them. Um, way more really? Should. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you compare, say music to comedy, like every comedian in the world has a podcast. It's yeah. Like, yeah. They're used to talking though. True. Um, and they're probably more entertaining on a podcast, <laughs> but I think, uh, I don't know. I I had that feeling of like, oh man, everyone has a podcast. Why why do you need to do one? Um, but this idea was just stuck there, and the basic idea is just you know looking at the big questions of life through the lens of the good, the true, and the beautiful. And all that's to say is just I'm, I'm trying to uh, humanize, you know, the other, the diff- the person that's different than you, the different uh, job or religion or background or whatever, like. Um, just letting you hear people talk about those things that really hold value to them and also kind of through their specific 
um, you know, their, their slant on things, whether they're a scientist or a, a musician or a philosopher or whatever. So I'm trying to make it really broad. Um, so, so far we've had like, uh, a guy who's, a Muslim, he's running for uh, state senate in Virginia. He's a human rights lawyer. Uh, there's, we just had Gerard Way on from My Chemical Romance. And That's the one that I had. Umbrella Academy. Thanks. Um, had this guy, Brian McDonald. He's like a story expert. Um, uh, we've had Hillary McBride. She's a therapist, uh, researcher. And so, yeah, it's, I'm trying to make it really broad and, and just so that there's not something you're really expecting other than. I'm going to encounter uh, a human today and and hear what's important to them. Well, I was just chatting to Dennis on the stairwell from Refused about this. And, you know, right now the world seems perhaps more divided than ever. And I know sometimes that the hype around separation can be taken you know, out of context, but it does feel like we are splintered and fractured. And I think it's important to get back to what unites us all as humans, you know, despite what religion you are, what sexual orientation you are, you know, what you do for a living. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities. More and there, so than and there, I think that is the one kind of thread that runs through is I am, I mean, everyone's not going to agree on everything, but I'm, I'm trying to have people on that are themselves open to the other, right? That are engaging uh, common humanity in a, in a loving way. How's being a dad and how's that changed your life? Being a dad's great. Uh, I've been, been a dad for 12 and a half years years now um and i got i've got a 12 year old nine and eight uh, all girls and uh yeah i mean it's it's super fun it's it's getting i mean all the stages are really different and fun but it's it's getting really fun where like my oldest is reading like books that i currently have just read or something so we can you know shoot the shit on those yeah and, yeah and yeah talk about it and have books i'll, I'll have like i read it like a year and a half ago and then she's like reminding me like okay where are you at now oh yeah yeah that happened that's cool um so that stuff's really fun um yeah they're they're rad how did you get on with your parents growing up did you have a good relationship a healthy relationship with your mom and dad yeah um i have like the worst memory too but i me too uh, dude I'm glad I don't have to do what but, you do for, a, <laughs> but, uh, for a job. Yeah, generally, generally good. I don't know. It's hard because it's like your, that's just your experience. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know what to compare it to either. So, but Did you feel like you had a fairly solid template of what's required from a parent going into that yourself though? Mm, I don't know. Like my dad was pretty distant, uh, I think just because he didn't know how to do that uh and his parents didn't know how to do it and um so that's one thing that i you know i love my dad but uh it i always wished like he knew how to connect better but i feel like i i connect really well with my kids so i don't know why what that switch would be but i think it's a generational thing because i think that for a long time men were taught to be kind of the strong silent type right and perhaps not show emotion as much as is now more accepted and encouraged which is a good thing i think yeah i think so and my dad was very much the same and it is it's always like you look and it, it goes back doesn't it generations and generations and generations there was never that one guy that changed the <laughs> the narrative until hopefully you know our age group our generation yeah i think for a lot of for a lot of people that's probably the case how's the uh the music industry changed in in your time in that because i guess you guys would have caught the tail end of you know, big advances and record sales being, you know, 
high numbers and the old school business still very much in place? Kind of, yeah. We were at, um, we were at the tail end of that, and as we like, you know, I was signed to a major or whatever. That was like the beginnings of the death throes of like the traditional system, like yeah. before streaming and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we came up, you know, making, well, people make cassettes now, I guess too, as like a fun old thing, but that was like, you'd make little cassettes to, uh, give out at shows and sample your stuff or, um, I don't know. Yeah. It was just, I mean, there was no online promotion. That wasn't really how you got word out. That wasn't really a thing yet. So, uh, it was just all word of mouth, going to different record stores and trying to get them to put your demo on the end cap. And, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've seen all the changes since then and everyone trying to figure out what the hell's going on. But uh, I don't know. We just try to keep making good music and stay afloat. So we're not very deft at like actually navigating all that. We We suck at social media and all that stuff. It's just not in our blood the way it is like the next generation or half generation. So uh, I, I don't know. I use Twitter a lot, but I'm not good at like promoting mm-hmm. on there. I just, I, I don't know. It, part of it's we're really private people. Like we just keep to ourselves and, uh, I so guess you no say one's what driven you to, say in yeah, the no one, yeah, well, no right? one's driven to be like, I'm going to share this it's just it's uh doesn't it's hard for us <laughs> do you uh do you like read what other people are sharing on there or is that side of it not and you know of any interest like to you other guys bands either? yeah like do you take note of other bands posts or you no, know other voices should, no. or i mean i i love listening to a bunch of other voices but i i'm not i mean most of the like i don't know i'm just uh, being like anything that's going to be interesting to a, a fan is maybe not going to be interesting to me, even if I'm a fan of the band, just because this is like my everyday too. Like, so it's like, Hey, it's backstage here. You're like, uh, huh. Yeah, it's I, the office. I've sat in that shitty room a bunch of times. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You kind of get almost in like groundhog day mode, don't you? After, well, you know, certainly months and months on the road, it must feel like I've lived this before. Yeah, I mean, we try to keep it less uh, long tours now. I try to try to keep it at like three ish uh, and like five ish at the most weeks. Um, but we used to do like six, seven, eight. And that's terrible. Oh, it's a young man's game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, we used to tour. You don't want to be away crazy. from your family for that long. Let me ask you this, dude: What is the importance of Christmas to you? As we get to almost Christmas mm. time of year, I really like Christmas. Um, me too. Just in general uh i don't there's some interesting things going on with like i think one of the most interesting things it's the only like um so music you know it goes in periods you hear a new record and it kind of moves on and you'll go back to it but christmas is the only time of year we have these songs that live with you every single year and to take on this ritualistic kind of quality that's really interesting to me um so i i really like christmas music um i like that it's this yeah strange kind of cultural liturgy of i mean not religious like the christian side of it just like it's just this weird time where we all 
are festive about certain things. We have certain nostalgia, emotions, whatever. I mean, I know not everyone deals with that or experiences that, but a lot of people in the, in the culture. Uh, yeah. So I find that fascinating and, uh, I like the cold weather. I live in California, so it's never super cold, but I appreciate when it gets (laughs) cooler there. It's a funny time of year because you do find people are, I guess, more swept up in the magic of day-to-day life. They perhaps take more, I don't know, notice of little things. I find that. I find I get a bit, you know, saccharine and kind of, you know, sensitive. And- yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird mix because you have ultra-consumerism happening yeah. as well as people taking note of those those better, smaller, more tender moments. Um, yeah, so I don't love the consumeristic part. Uh, I could, I could do without all the presents and stuff or like if there was just a rule, it's like something tiny or whatever, but it's, yeah, it gets, it gets to be a huge focus, which I don't love. What kind of a role has faith had in, in your life and your outlook on the world? Um, if you had to try and break down what, uh, you know, a, a topic like that as large and as all encompassing as it is, yeah, what it's yeah, meant to you. Um, Oh, that's loud. Um, (laughs) So the way that I would see it is uh, almost just like you have, everyone has a worldview, a way, like a lens that you look out at everything because it's all too complex for you to not have a framework to kind of put it in. Like your brain, your brain just naturally does this. Even if you don't think about, I have this worldview, you got something that you're working with. Um, and so for me, uh, some sort of faith in God and I grew up in Christianity and that's always been a part of that lens. Um, it's been blended with a bunch of other things. Like I look at my, my like, uh, formative kind of growth as this mix of messages I was getting in Christianity and messages I was getting in punk rock like as I, which is a heady mix. Yeah. And it's actually, well, it's, and it's corrective in certain ways because I, it made me look at some of the stuff that was in the music and scenes that I was in. I was like, man, I, I don't think that's great. And then it made me look at, uh, Christianity and, and be able to pick out things that I think a lot of people around me weren't seeing. So there's, there's a, I mean, there's absolutely an anti-imperial uh, kind of thing happening throughout uh, Jewish scripture and Christian scripture, and that gets lost because in uh, what the fourth century uh, it became the official religion of the Roman Empire, and so it became it, it embodied empire after that. But almost everything else that's going on is it's. Uh, anti-imperialistic it's about um taking care of the weak and 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 everyone banding together in a a beloved community and uh so i was able to see that stuff better because punk rock was saying a lot of the same things or a lot of the punk rock i was listening to um yeah so uh i it's not so when i look at faith it's like it's part of a a lens that is being crafted at any moment for how i'm seeing the world um, and I've had various points of kind of deconstruction, reconstruction, the, the largest one being in the last five years or so. Um, and that's been a really great thing for me. So yeah, I'm, uh, 
I'm in a good spot. I'm much more uh, comfortable with not knowing a lot of things than I ever was. So, I think that is perhaps part of the idea of spirituality, right? Is that idea that the more you know, the less you know. And that there isn't ever really the true answers that we seek, you know. Yeah, well, okay, there's so next week, the episode six is going to be this guy, James Carson, on my podcast. Um, so if that idea interests you, check that out. But he he talks about uh, this idea of there being systems of inquiry. And he would he would say religions essentially are that as well as science and systems of inquiry. They are grappling with the mystery of everything that is. They're doing it in different ways, like science does it in a different way than, than religion would. But essentially they're grappling with a mystery. But then these systems of inquiry spawn what he calls systems of belief. And those systems of belief are closed and they have all the answers within. So like science can spawn like scientism where it's this idea that everything that we need to know is within, can be had through using science or whatever. Uh, or it can spawn uh, a really closed-off version of something that was initially comfortable wrestling, trying to name the mystery and whatever, you know. But never knowing that it can't ultimately settle it, it can't solve it. It gets, it turns into the system of belief and gets um, very rigid and and dead. So um, I think it's a really helpful way of looking at that because it, it it helps you to not make the mistake that I think people like some of the new atheists like Dawkins and Harris make where religion is just bad and that it's, it's not really the issue. It's, it's the fundamental mindset where you become closed down to other ways of thinking and to the data at hand that is really uh, dangerous at any given moment. Do you identify as a Christian if you had to sort of summarize where you stand on your relationship to God? Uh, I do. There are a lot of Christians that take issue with me saying that, but um, just because I I, uh, I view a lot of that stuff pretty differently than I did, and I, um, I'm not, like I don't need to nail down the things. The way. Like a lot of what Christianity has become is is a, very obsessed with assenting to certain doctrinal statements. Uh, that's the, like the core of things. And I'm just, I'm not super interested in that. I'm much more interested in a, something in process and motion and living um, and being able to actually talk about things and hear. I mean, there's so many interesting things going on. I, I mean, I've always been kind of a theology nerd, but uh I've been opened up to a whole new kind of worlds that we have like liberation theology, which is like basically the people who have not been allowed to tell the story for a long time um, from different races or cultures. Now they're being like, no, this is, this is what we're seeing. And, and, and so coming back to those ideas of, you know, liberation, anti-imperialism, like you get a lot of stuff coming out of there. There's just interesting stuff going on. And so I think um, it, it feels to me like culturally we're moving past a moment where for a while it was like uh, you couldn't I don't know it, was, it wasn't easy to talk about faith because it was kind of broken into like faith is everything one saying you gotta say all these things and be really 
in this box. And then people are like, I don't want to be in that box. So I don't have faith. And it feels like there's a larger movement of people being able to be like, Hey, like the mystery of everything that is, is something right. Like we, we can all talk about that. Like we all live in the same world. We're all experiencing whatever this mystery is, even if, uh, you know, you're a strict atheist, you're still experiencing whatever the mystery is like, and we can dialogue about what that means, what it means to be human. Um, and so we don't, I, I feel like it, you don't have to be as afraid to talk about spirituality. Um, I think for a while it was like people who were like spiritual that was like not taken seriously by either side almost. And that seems to be, maybe it's just cause it's where I'm swimming, but uh, it's an exciting place to be able to engage all different sorts of people and talk about you know, what what things might mean. Did you study philosophy or theology or anything like that, or is it just something that you've always preoccupied yourself with in your spare time is trying to understand more, read more, learn more? I'm kind of just a self-learner, so I, I didn't. I only went to like a year and a half of uh, college, but I'm always kind of reading this or that, and um, yeah. Have you read a lot of the Holy Text then, and have you compared a lot of different religious schools of thoughts and found things in all of them that speak to you and interest you and um yeah i mean i would i don't want to claim like i'm any expert in, in anything but i uh i especially in the past couple of years i've been finding uh, a lot of i mean and this is not at all to take away from kind of the unique vision that that different traditions have but i think there's a lot more overlay than uh, most people would be led to believe growing up in one of those traditions i think um especially as you look at the mystic traditions from these various religious traditions, the, the mystics in each one seem to come to very similar uh, answers. They seem to, to gravitate towards an idea of the interconnectedness of everything, uh, everything being one and many at the same time. Um, these ideas of, of the eminence of whatever is like that, that it's close, that it's, um, there, I don't know. So there's, there's tons of stuff that end up lining up between, you know, whether it's like the Sufis and Islam or there's Christian mystics, um, a lot of stuff in Hindu or, or Buddhist thought. Um, so that's, that's really cool. I think to see in, um, or like something like, uh, just general, I mean, Buddhism can, its core form can almost be thought of more of as a, uh, like a philosophy than a, a religion, but the main idea that uh, suffering is caused by desire and that as you pay attention to what's going on in, inside yourself, like, uh, I don't know. So like if I'm waiting in a line, I'm really annoyed. I'm like, gosh, I can't believe I'm in this stupid line. I'm suffering because I have this like strong desire to get to the front of the line or whatever. But if I just stop, and say, well, what if I don't have the, that desire right now, or I don't feed into it? What if I just say, huh, I'm standing here, and um, the sun is out. It's it's a nice day. Uh, I have, clo- I'm able to appreciate like you know the things that I have. I'm able to to feel myself in my body in that moment. Like, uh, and now I'm not suffering. I might be uncomfortable a little bit or whatever, but uh, it, it that idea is um, foundational. Like to a lot of the stuff that I've been. Uh, I don't know, learning the past couple of years. And I mean, the, any you're going to get a lot of this through any kind of mindfulness, 
practice. Yeah, I was going to say, um, and almost psychology as well. It's like just retraining your brain to think in a, a constructive and positive way rather than a negative. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's it can be as as simple as that. And I uh, there's a lot of these insights, yeah, that that were have been known for a long time, and now we're kind of finding. Uh, through neuroscience, like the way that they actually impact uh, us, which is, is cool to see it connect in a scientific way. I hope you don't mind me just keeping on pressing you on this because I love it and it's yeah. fascinating. Do you think that God's up there and out there or do you think it's in there or a bit of both? Uh, I would be... Outside or inside? So All around or at the core? <laughs> <laughs> so outside would be like classic theism, which is like a dualistic idea that like God's out there, the world's here and God kind of breaks into the world at times. Um, and then uh, pantheism, a lot of like um, Hindu thought would traditionally be thought of as pantheism where God and every the universe are essentially the same thing. Uh, I would be roughly a panentheist, which is, um, I mean, it's kind of a paradoxical term, but the, the idea is that God is more than the world and the world is somehow more than God, that the world exists in God and God is inside of uh, everything is in dwelling everything. So uh, it, it leaves room for some sort of kind of I thou personal uh, relationship in some way, but it also means that, you know, God is in this table in a very real way, like that this all exists within God in some sense. Um, And so it, um, that that leaves room too for God to act in the world without impinging or intruding upon uh, the natural order of things. Um, there's a lot of ways to to look at that, but uh, yeah, generally I would be a a both and kind of. <laughs> what about the link between music and spirituality? Obviously, music being at the core of you know your life is that a relationship which you have explored or pondered on or um a lot throughout your life or do you look at them as very separate things uh spirituality and music yeah. uh, i mean i yeah i mean i'm not one for making those kind of dichotomies or um dualisms where they don't need to be so i i feel like everything is I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of lines that are really there. Like I think everything's spiritual in the same way that I think everything's political. Like, uh, like you can't just say I'm not political. It's like every decision you make affects the rest of everybody else. So it, it's inherently about you know the politic about society. Um, and you can you know say I don't want to deal with the process, but it saying you don't want to deal with it is is political itself like it, it, you can't get away from it um and do, I, you, do you find yourself when you're creating feeling a sense of one ship with the universe like you are reaching a higher plane in that spiritual definition um, does music take you higher <laughs> i mean music is is amazing and i it's one of it's one of the things that i think about a lot when i think about just the strangeness of life, like the fact that, and I know some of it is culturally constructed and I, and I haven't done a ton of research on this, but I, uh, I still feel like there are 
somehow inherent relationships between these notes that that affect us, that affect our bodies, and, and it's super weird. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter what you come, what conclusion you come to, it's still really, really strange. Um, and I mean, a lot of uh, anthropologists think that you know, music, singing came before language, stuff like that. Um, well, you look at things like Gregorian chants mm-hmm. and the kind of emotions that things like that instill in such a profound way yeah in and a physical way totally and there's there's stuff that's like so far outside you know your own cultural context that at first you you know you might not get how it it works with people but it has worked for a lot of people for a long time so um i think there's some of that that's just something is is something strange is going on with that so uh i think it's it's spiritual in that sense in that it's it definitely evokes uh the larger mystery um Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What was your relationship with the church that you were involved in? What, what drew you to, was it part of taking a break from music that drew you to want to explore another avenue and perhaps kind of, you know, kind of engage with a, a body, if you will, outside of music in a way that could help give your life some purpose and direction and stuff. Like what was the, the draw? Um, I mean, he was wanting to get involved. With that? You're saying like during the hiatus of the band. Yeah. Um, so that was around the time, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of it, it was kind of a broad set of reasons that I, I needed the break, but a lot of it was just that time. My kids were small and it was really rough being on the road a lot. Um, and then I also had some friends I knew that were uh, at that church and there was a lot of cool stuff going on and I had the opportunity to engage in music there, which has been something that I'd been thinking about at the time because I I really have never liked uh, any kind of like congregational worship music. Like it's always bothered me on a bunch of different levels. And I, f- I was in church one day and I felt like, this feeling of like 
well, if you think it sucks so bad, why don't you try to make it better? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, it's a legitimate uh, thought okay. process. All right. Uh, and and so I I started writing some some music that I thought was better in all the ways that I was annoyed at in a lot of the music out there. And so and there was a lot of people at that church. It was kind of a I mean, there's a lot of messed up stuff about that church, but uh, there's a lot of interesting cultural kind of stuff going on and a lot of really, really cool musicians uh, doing cool stuff. And I eventually was uh, kind of overseeing and trying to, there's like a label we were doing and basically it was poised to do a lot of really cool stuff. And then the, the powers that be there were constantly just uh, not letting us do anything that was cool or that we were trying to do. So it was a mess uh, for a variety of reasons, but uh, some of the best people I've ever known were at that church and working at that church and uh, trying to do good there despite uh, a lot of bullshit. So, Well, I read uh, into it that around the time you left was around the time pretty much like the attendance just massively dropped and well, there was a it bunch like of, faith in that body had kind of there was gone bunch, out the window. There was a right? bunch of stuff going on and concerns and then I finally got some direct information that we had been being lied to, tried to deal with that with other, as I was a pastor there at the end, um, tried to deal with that with the other pastors that got shut down. And then I left and told people, Hey, they don't want to deal with this. This is what's going on. Uh, and then they finally looked into some of the stuff that was happening. And before the lead guy could, be reprimanded he bailed preemptively and was like uh it's fine that i left and then the classic cut and run yeah and then the whole thing fell apart so um yeah it was a big it was a big mess but uh oops sorry did you then because you took all i guess your family out yeah to we the were, east, yeah, was it east coast uh, it was based no, on seattle seattle but yeah. it was still a you know a significant move from yeah look, from so California. i had a house before and now i don't have a house right <laughs> stuff like that so you kind of i guess are you still rebuilding roots uh, I mean, we're back, we moved that. back with, you know, where all our family and stuff is, but yeah, like I, I got priced out of the market after like, I didn't own a home in that time and just couldn't. Yeah. So Southern California is just stupid housing market. So I heard that the, so we have a thing in the UK called town, uh, council tax, sorry. And I've heard that the equivalent of that in California is you pay a percentage on the property every year, even if you own that property, right? So if you own a property outright, Whatever it's worth, you pay a percentage of that value every year as like local government yeah, tax. Yeah, we call it a property tax. I mean, uh, that sucks. That's mad. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's most people don't own their homes outright. At right. least younger people. But um, yeah, so but I would not live there unless all my family was there. It's too too expensive. Was it good getting the band back together for your? Peace of mind, state of mind. Uh, it was good, and I mean, it was really good to take a break. Um, but it was as much of a good thing to take the break as to to start again, I guess, because you get perspective and you. Yeah, get... I mean, we were. I, I was burned out. I was just like we, because we were just going so hard for so long, and um, really no break, no break in there. Yeah. Um, so we we came back really refreshed and. Um, just reappreciating each other and what we get to do. And, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, 
it's been it's been a total blast being back doing it. Well, that first record was such a just great political rock record as well. When from you know when you got back together, the first one that you put out, it seemed to take on a lot of what was going on at that time specifically. Was that important to to you then, and is it still now to have a voice in? Yeah, I mean, in current I, affairs, I, and- I, I try to write in a way that's. I mean, it's always a little bit different, but I'm, I'm definitely influenced by whatever's happening. In 2015, when we were writing that, it was just crazy, especially in the States. And I had no idea that all of this lay ahead. But um, yeah, so it, it, it reflected a lot of that. Um, yeah, there's just stuff about the kind of intense race stuff that was happening, there's drone warfare stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't. It, there's definitely a lot of political stuff on there, but uh, yeah, I didn't intend for it to be a specifically political record. But. It's just because that was the time you were going through. Kind like, of. I mean, I think this the, the, the newer one, Palms, is. Um, I think it's even more connected to a lot of stuff that's happening. It's just less. Uh, it's kind of getting more at like the root stuff rather than like the specific outworkings of whatever's happening yeah like time specific effects or yeah so it's dealing with you know instead of like this i don't know like something on to be everywhere might have been like specific imagery of like something happening in the streets or something and then palms is getting underneath of you know what's going on in our hearts as we other these people as we make an us versus them and stuff yeah, like that yeah. so well, what's what's fucked up to me, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, is in the 60s you kind of had counterculture hippie and, you know, the kind of psychedelic movement. In the 70s you had punk. In the 80s you had hardcore hip-hop alternative. And then, I don't know, the 90s seemed to me, like with bands like Rage Against the Machine, System of a Down, that seemed to be the last era of, like, really politicized, outspoken bands within rock music mm. at least. And in more recent times, it seems like, although the, the world we're living in is, is complete, you know, bedlam, uh, that, you know, people with guitars aren't addressing these issues as much as they have traditionally throughout, you know, the history of that genre. I think that's true, and I'd, I've, I don't totally know why. Um, but you have noticed it. Oh, yeah, I've way noticed less it. Bands. Um, it's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, uh, the producer that we worked on the last two records with, um, Eric, he was he was encouraging, and and this wasn't specifically about politics, but he was just saying in general he feels like um, he was encouraging me to like he's like use nouns like write about things like uh, rock has gotten so like airy and ephemeral and 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 it's it's not there's no no one's saying anything almost like it's it, it's um, like words are happening, but there's not, no one's communicating a whole lot. Like almost like, you know, bad uh, junior high poetry or something. It's mm-hmm. like these well, words sound pretty. Well, it's funny you say you don't engage right? with social media, and it seems to me now as bands spend all their time going on a, on social media about issues rather than writing songs about them. Mm-hmm. And it's like you can send all the fucking tweets you want, but that's not going to change anything. Whereas you, you would like to think that a great song could perhaps change the way people think, the way they engage with the world. Well, have a positive I, I think a lot of it is that uh, I really like Twitter for a lot of reasons, even though there's a bunch of, go for it. Sorry. <laughs> there's a bunch of bad things that can happen there, but it's, it's helped me to see a lot of 
different viewpoints on the world that I would never have been able to see otherwise. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. Uh, but it's also, you know, like I can write and I have <laughs> written tweets that are trying to say something really specific about something that's happening and it's going to piss some people off. Other people are going to agree. It's not going to change a bunch of people's minds. I don't think, I don't know. I think sometimes you still just have to witness to what, you know, is happening. Um, but a song goes deeper. It gets past defenses in a different way. If you can do it well and, and can have like a, a an actual lasting effect on, on how someone could, I mean, I, I believe that I, I have to, and I try to write that way. Well, also music is, you know, it's here forever, isn't it? Whereas a tweet is, you know, kind of lost in the ether after a week. Unless you write something really controversial yeah. and then it resurfaces <laughs> and you lose your job or something over it. But, yeah. you know, music is, is forever. And I still believe, do you still believe as a creator that music can indeed change the world in a positive kind of actual tangible meaningful way? Yeah, I do. Um, I do in the sense that I believe that stories are super powerful and uh i think musicians are storytellers or can be um not always but i think it's a different way of telling stories that and that can be super powerful i mean you go back to you had you know in these tribes and there was a you know the shaman the storyteller the way like that that person was giving context and helping to, you know, shape meaning in that culture. And, you know, we have a very different kind of setup now, but I still think that's what musicians and other creators can be doing. So. Do you travel a lot outside of touring? Do you get to spend much time in other pockets of the world and experience their way of life with your family and, because I know when you're on tour, you see all these places, but it's very much venue, hotel, bus. Yeah, I mean, every once in a while, you 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 get a day where you get to really take some stuff in. Um, I mean, I definitely don't travel as much, uh, not touring. Uh, because hard, you travel for a living, yeah. Stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, I don't know, with with the kids and stuff, we definitely like to. I think our traveling ends up being more about. Uh, getting into nature and you know appreciating those connections so it's a lot of cool like we're really big into like the national parks and stuff uh, back in the states so yosemite and places like that yeah i mean america and especially the west coast is so spoiled for stuff like that it's, yeah it's pretty pretty amazing um and it's there and uh it's easy not to take advantage of it being there or or you can have i don't know people like Trump just trying to roll back uh, all these protections that have been put in place over years and years. Um, so that's been a bummer. But yeah, I, I'm a big, big fan of uh, preserving those places. I think it's almost impossible for me, at least when I'm in places like that. And so you feel so connected to nature and the ancient nature of existence mm -hmm. to not think that there's something, you know, bigger at work. Yeah, and and I think that that feeling it gets squashed by us trying. I think a lot of times too hard to argue about what exactly it is, and just in those moments, if you can just 
realize like, man, it, <laughs> we're never going to fully know what that is. Like you just, you're not, and that's okay. Uh, you can still, you know, swim in that and be swept up in it and appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that I could ever land in a spot where I didn't feel that there's some sort of meaning or magic to everything. And it doesn't, that's a, I'm using that really broadly, but I mean, even if you just think about the fact that consciousness has evolved, like that's real weird. Like even if like we're, even if we're just making all the meaning, it's still there. Like, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It doesn't have to be, um, like it can come out of the thing. Like Alan Watts talks about like the universe, like peoples, like an apple tree apples, like we come out of it. And, um, therefore whatever we're, whatever is amazing in, in us is coming out of something that's just part of everything. I don't know. Are you an animal lover? Uh, as far as like pets or just in yeah. general? Yeah, well, just in general, because I was going to make the connection that, you know, whenever you see like, say, a dog blissfully unaware of itself mm. rolling down the street and, you know, there is a clear differentiation between me and that puppy. And sometimes it's better the devil you don't know and ignorance is bliss and things like this. And you do sometimes, I do anyway, look at perhaps a cat or a dog and go, oh, wouldn't it be great to be there for a day? They're always just stoked on life. But then I think with the consciousness obviously comes the struggle and the fight and the internal yeah, maybe. demons and battles that we all face every day, you know, yeah. how, however big or small they are. Yeah, I think the the further the consciousness is, the the you know, higher the highs, the lower the lows, kind of thing. So, um, I do I do love animals, and I I think I've been noticing there's definitely a pushback from certain parts of society of kind of hating on people who are super animal people, like oh you just you know, you like your dogs more than people or whatever it is. And I, uh, I've started to really see that as a, a failure to understand what a gift animals are to just have a different set of eyes into what it means to, to be alive and to be a part of everything. Um, so I, I've actually come to really embrace like the, especially like online, there's just like a bunch of animal stuff and i i think it's great i think it <laughs> well it's joy right it's yeah, pure joy yeah, it's great um so yeah i'm not cynical about that what do you see your role as uh you know as a singer as a front man as a musician what do you see your role and place in the earth is in terms of spreading whatever you you would hope to spread or do you see your role as a spreader of joy or hope or um i've always tried to spread hope um I don't, I don't know. I don't, I've never been one to wallow in whatever the bad thing is. I'm always, you know, trying to find a way out. And so sometimes that's me, you know, I'm writing to myself. I mean, usually it's that in some sense. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to spread hope. I think, uh, I mean, every song's getting it, a little piece of something larger, you know, but I, I think with the music, especially of lately and, and with the podcast, I'm, uh, I'm trying to 
bring people together to build a, a bigger, better, loving community of humans uh, in whatever small ways I can. Tell us about a couple of the guests coming up on the show, and then we'll, we'll wrap and we'll let you get ready for your show tonight. How many have you got in the can? Uh, I've got enough to get through this tour because uh, yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure just internet access and what rooms I was going to be in. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, Dr. James Karst, who I talked a little bit about earlier. Um, he's a uh, like a religious literature scholar, philosopher. Um, he's got this really cool book you put out in the eighties uh, called finite and infinite games. And it is, it's real short and kind of like head exploding. It's awesome. Um, um, who else is coming up? Um, so Gerard way one just came out. Um, oh man, this is amazing. Uh, and what about dream guests as well? Or people you have your site set on that you would absolutely love to sit down and talk with and have on the show. Uh, Neil Gaiman would be cool. Yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> who else? Uh, I have like a giant list of people like, and it gets to uh, Stephen King would be really cool. Um, who else? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson would be cool. And I, I'm hoping I maybe could actually get him at some point because I'm about to interview um, someone that knows him. That's, so that's, that's the way you got to roll, my I friend. Know. I know the tricks. Um, and then the more guests you get on, the more other guests are inclined to come on because they go, oh, that guy's been on. Mm -hmm. All right, I must check this out. And then they go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'll do it. Yeah, I just don't know if it's going to be like the kind of thing where it's so diverse that people are like, what is happening over there? But um, Well, you know what you want to look at is doing it in runs, you know, so there's like clumps. So there's a few people of a similar kind of, you know, I either. Know. Or you just want to hit them from I a, think I want to just. A wanna, rainbow of yeah, angles. Totally. Um, well, all the best with it, man. It's a really um, interesting concept. It's outside of the kind of the, the generic normal, I think, musician interviewing other musicians format. Um, you've already sort of set that store early on. And, yeah, um, I'm trying to definitely distance that. And I, they'll, they'll always be musicians on course. there because yeah, yeah. I'll end up having those connections. And, uh, and I like exploring, you know, the angle that I can get through lyrics with someone um how because each person i mean i'm not I'm definitely not a uh it's people were noting as i was starting this they're like it's weird you're doing this because you're real boring in interviews um, <laughs> people say that to you what people you know um i think i'm boring in bad interviews <laughs> that's it uh, you strike me as a guy who if the question isn't going to stimulate you you'll give a very short answer and then that's it move on and it, yeah, it's not that and I'm trying to be a jerk I just, no no I, life's I'm, too short I'm not good at doing that I'm, I'm very bad at small talk so I really like talking about interesting things so I'm setting the agenda here and, and so my, my strength to prove everyone wrong well, my strength in, <laughs> in I think doing the show is not that I'm the best at talking but I I think I have interesting angles on how to get at those good true and beautiful things in relation to whatever that person's already been doing and their life experiences so um that's where i put a lot of the effort well and an interview is only as good as you know the host makes it so yeah. hopefully this one hasn't been too bad for that's you. been great yeah dude i really enjoyed talking to you Cheers. um all the best with the podcast with thrice uh what's going on in terms of another album is there going to be a 
a release in the next couple of years on the horizon? Are you writing at the moment? Is there anything going uh, on we're, outside yeah, we're, of the band as well? Uh, With yourself and solo stuff? Yeah, me and my brother are doing a project that I don't know when we'll ever finish, but uh, there's we go in little spurts working on that, so that'll be different than solo stuff, authorized stuff. Um, yeah, but I... I don't think we'll beat the next Thrice record out with that. But um, yeah, we're starting to work on new music for, for Thrice. Um, yeah, but other than that, just the podcast has uh, been a big focus. So it's carrythefirepod.com if you want to check it out or carry the fire podcast on all those podcasting uh, thingies. Subscribe. Get yeah. on it. Do it. Nice one, dude. Late night breaks, I cue the tires squeal. Red light can't stop, so I spin the wheel. My world goes black before I feel an angel. Lift me up and I open bloodshot eyes into fluorescent white. Flip the siren, hit the lights, close the doors, and I am blind. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.